welcome down to episode number 18 of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, and my good friend down there in Tasmania, Cameron Blake. Good evening, Cameron. Good evening, Brendan. How are you? You going well? Very, very well. Very well, thank That's you. Um, yeah. Yes, it's been another busy, busy week with yeah. camera and photos, so... Uh, that's what we want to hear. Got lots to, lots to talk about this week. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, everything's going well here. We um, had a stunning day here today. We've been out walking with the family and riding bikes and doing stuff. It's been a really good day here, so um, bring on spring and summer, I say. Out with the family. Uh, did the, did the, does the camera go when we go out with the family? Uh, I go with the world's best camera. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's See? not a, it's not uh, a third, it's not a thirteen. We're catching you know, on. You know we're how many on. you know how many comments and I won't say backlash, but how many comments and feedback we got about you oh, buying? No, you, I, I, I caused tremors. I broke not, the internet. Not only did you shock me, you shocked all of our now two hundred <laughs> plus subscribers. Uh, yes, yeah, so nice segue. Thank you for uh, getting us to two hundred on the uh, on the YouTube. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Hat, everyone. Hats off to you and. Um, we might have said last week that we would give the 200 <laughs> subscriber one of my prints. Now, there was a minor issue with that, and that is that we don't actually know no, who see, was the 200 subscriber because it doesn't give us the names and no, the, when they subscribed. Well, I think what happened, like I've noticed on YouTube as well, you get a little bit of um, you get a little bit of uh, spam every now and then. You get like stupid comments and stuff like that. And yes, sometimes you know. there's spammers subscribing. But I do think I know who was the first one that popped up um, okay. For it. So while we're doing this episode, I'm going to look up who that person is, and okay. and I'll we'll make the announcement here because I I did see it pop up and that was the only legitimate one I could find. Yeah. So I'm hoping that um, that's what we're after. So okay. I know right. I, I know I know who that was and uh, St- stay tuned for a special announcement because it could be you. It could be you or it could be someone. So not you, them. What well, I don't you know. What I mean. No. No. Um, anyway. And just as another segue, uh, I mentioned before we came online here, you're looking fabulous. So you've obviously got the uh, the U Butte streaming camera hooked up. I do. I've got the Olympus uh, EM1 Mark III hooked up, showing me in 4K definition. Uh, I'm, I'm looking sharper than you are today, I think. Beauti- beautifully compressed down to whatever it does on the yeah, 720p. That's it. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Like people talk about, I'm just like, it's off the camera. I was just talking to Brendan about a friend who's looking to buy a camera. and We've been talking about resolutions and sharpness and stuff like that. But, you know, when you squash it down to 300 by 300 pixel online, you know, mm, you can draw a picture and it's going to look sharp. When people are you know flicking through their iPhone, looking at Instagram, your, your photos will look fabulous, absolutely look fabulous. They will. Um, yeah. So, uh, so when you when you this is this is just a, a hot take straight away. When you go out with the fam, you don't you yeah. only take your phone. Um, as far I as cameras depends, are concerned, depends where I go. Um, if I am going somewhere like a bit of a day trip, like today we just did a little short walk around around home here. Um, yeah. If I'm going somewhere for a day trip, I'll always pack a camera. Um, it'll always probably be the Olympus one because it's just small and easy light and the quality is great. So yep. uh, if I'm going out for something more specific myself or with some other photographers, I might take a couple of different camera systems with me. But with the camera and the family, uh, if it's just a short walk like this, it was just the iPhone. Yep. Um, yep. But having said that, I will go back to this spot where we walked today Ooh. with a different camera in different conditions. So it's like this really cool sort of little forestry area with lots of those... Um, uh, I, don't, I don't think they're tea trees. But the ones with little pine needles, you know, with like all the pine needles on the ground, and but yeah, they're like a, yeah. they're like a tea tree, but they're not a pine. Yeah. I don't know what they are. Um, yeah. 
crap yeah, one. We're, we're but, photographers, mate. We're not botanists. That's it. So, uh, but I reckon with some nice sort of foggy and wet conditions, it could be really quite moody up there. So, mm. I'll put it on the I'll put it on the list of uh, places to go back to. So, uh, what about you? Well, you're iPhone all the time now. You don't take another camera, do you? Uh, yeah, that is not true. But um, I uh, I love going with the fam on for you know going for walks and the yeah. camera always come. But I'm always conscious of their time and spending yeah. being being in the moment with them rather than yeah. getting the camera out but i do yeah i reckon i, I always end up taking the sneaky pick here or there and, and yeah. again as you say it depends on like when we went up to the otways last week well of course i was going to yeah. stop and get the tripod out and yeah. take photos so that's that a little different it is hard like even when we were up in the otways not long ago early this year uh, it was just lisa and i with the kids who were in melbourne with mum and dad but um, it was the first time I've been out with Lisa shooting for a while and well, Lisa's a nice little shooter in her own right. She used to help me at weddings and she's done other things like that. So, but yeah, you do, you start planning your trips around, okay, how much can the kids take? How much can I take? How much, right. the, how much can my partner take? And, you know, you generally get out with about two and a half minutes each day to get some shots. Yeah. It's great. So it, go, it goes without saying that I take my best photos when I'm alone. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. I'm like, free. There's there's ways about that I look at as well. Like I um I take better shots definitely when I'm alone, but I also take better shots when I'm like I find that I, I love music. I listen to lots and lots of music when I'm driving or out hiking or whatever. And depending on what person or what genre of music I'm listening to, changes the way I shoot. Like sometimes I can shoot really sort of intimately and and sort of emotionally, and then other times I can shoot you know really wide sort of fiery skies and landscapes and things like that. So it's weird how it all, what's the word? Collaborates together. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. It all mm. uh, one one thing affects the other. I, I yeah. get that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm into I'm into my music, but I I reckon though, if I'm actually shooting, I I wouldn't listen to music. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, cool. I hear Excellent. What you're um, something else interesting that, that that happened today was pretty cool. I had a phone call at the shop just out of the blue from a listener, from a subscriber who um, called and wanted to talk about tripods. Did they get a prize um, did, for being a subscriber? Yes. I didn't even ask them, and I should have, I'm sorry, I hope you're listening, but I didn't even ask them where they were based because, oh. I, you know, I'm just so used to, you know, it's probably some local, but no, clearly they weren't. They Yeah, okay. They'd um they'd tuned into the podcast and were very complimentary about the podcast, Cam. I tell you said, what, though, said they, I, said they quite liked it. We get it's, it sounds like we're blowing wind up our own backsides a bit, but we actually I just had someone walk in my background there. <laughs> there's like a you, ghost. There's a I ghost. Your photo through, came alive. <laughs> there's a ghost walking through the ocean in the background. Oh. Happy happy anniversary to my wife and I. 11, 11 years yesterday. Congratulations! Yeah, we've we made it well, that far. What's eleven years? Is that like silver or something? Silver. That's I gave her a fork. It's not silver. Silver's twenty-five. No, it is. It's silver. Steel. Oh. Steel. Sorry. Steel. Steel. Thank you. Yeah. Stainless yeah, steel. I gave. I gave her a actually, fork. It's actually. It's actually cutlery. Cutlery. <laughs> well, that's pretty much what I gave. Anyway. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, back to your fan. Sorry, I completely yeah. hijacked that. But yeah, no, that's fine. No, no, no. And it, it, yeah, he was very complimentary about that, and and he had questions about tripods, which I was happy yeah. to answer. So um, feel free to get in contact with us any way you like. You can even mm. call me up at the shop or yeah. talk to Cam. You can drop us a message. There's yep. plenty of ways to get in contact, and we're happy to give free uh, advice and unsolicited advice. Yeah, well, we're not sponsored, so we'll tell you. We'll we give st- you what we think you should have, not what the manufacturers think you should have. Are we still not sponsored? Oh, well, we're sponsored Will- by 
Willie Smith Cider in Hewan Valley, Tasmania. Uh, if All anyone's right. listening. I hope they're watching. I'll have um, just a six pack to start and we'll see how we go. They, they, um, they make some good cider down there. We, we, we're sponsored by um, Ocean Grove and Torquay Camera and Photo. Yeah. And we're sponsored by Cam Blake Photography. Yeah, they're, they're good, but I'd like to get more. If you know someone who'd like to sponsor the show, drop us a line. <laughs> anyway, what kind of tripod? What kind of tripod was this gentleman after? Ah, so they they picked up on an earlier episode where I was talking about my beloved Manfrotto. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, 055 X Pro B, uh, yeah. and they were keen on the current equivalent version. They just had a few questions about what yeah right um, tripod head they should get, and I recommend because mm-hmm. they're um, uh, landscape through and through. I just just yeah. get the get the three-way head just it's the way forward for landscape so yeah yeah he was uh he was very thankful and you know as, as i say i don't care where you buy your gear but if you've got questions we can help you yeah that's it we're here to help yes absolutely um now you've got a little you've made an exciting purchase today cameron photographic I speaking did i did i did a, a real spur of the moment purchase today Ooh. yeah um an, I bought an a- impulse buy it was an impulse. So I've been printing a lot of stuff for this gallery out at Richmond and I'm doing an exhibition up at Cradle Mountain Wilderness Gallery and I sell prints online just like you do and things like that. But um, I, I've been using printers down here uh, full gamut and I've been using you as well over the, over the years to help me print stuff. But I thought I might try printing my own stuff for a change. So I actually went out and bought a brand new printer. Um, so I, I, I've been looking at this idea about six months ago and I was looking at the Epson P800 printers, I think they were. I think mm-hmm. they've just brought out the P900 or 906. The 9 which series, yeah. The 9 series, which is the one I've just bought. Uh, and I got a pretty good deal um, from KL in um, Melbourne, I think they are. Mm-hmm. KL. Uh, KL. Um, so that's coming on its way. So I'm going to actually do prints at home. So I'm going to shoot, edit, and print. And I'm going to focus a lot of this. I'm giving myself a bit of a goal for 2022 that I'm going to really focus on shooting editing and printing and trying to you know put prints on people's walls more yeah. and make more yeah. of an effort so yeah uh stay oh, tuned yeah. for that i'm sure yeah we'll i'm all as you know i'm all for the printed image i think that's yeah that's definitely definitely yeah. the way forward and um, i think uh, i think we'll do an episode on how i've wasted you know six or seven lots of ink cartridges and how much paper <laughs> i've wasted in the first couple of weeks so stay tuned for that episode so uh Question without notice, are you looking to print on a few different paper stocks or are you going to sort of focus on one? I think I'll sort of focus on one. I've been looking at the Canson Rag Photo... Photo Teak or something? Photo Cure? It's got a weird name to it. Um, and that I do like Ilford paper. I've always enjoyed shooting and printing on Ilford paper. Yep. Um, so I might have it rack your brain you know, yep. over the course of the next few weeks as to what you might recommend as well. Yeah, for um, sure, and and there's um, there's so much out there. It's amazing, yeah. and Canson, Ilford, of course, Hanamula, Hanamula is yeah. brilliant. They make great papers. They're, they're UK, um, aren't they? They're UK. Is that the English? Uh, one? German, I would have. I German. think. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know. Michael, who works for me and is listening to this, just had a fit. He's like, <laughs> "What do you mean you don't know where Hanamula is from?" And yeah, whatever. That's, sounds like that, German, that's his it? area of expertise. <laughs> well, maybe maybe I'll talk to him then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that'll be cool. It'll be a good little journey to go on with you and, and see mm. what sort of results you're getting. And but you're yeah. looking, you definitely bought the right brand printer as far as yeah. I'm concerned. I've used Epson from day one and never looked back. They're absolute yeah. workhorses. They're brilliant, brilliant yeah. printers. So, well, um, um, my, my mate Luke O'Brien, who I've 
I'm doing the gallery at Richmond with. Um, he's been he's got one of those P ninety nine hundred, I think it is, or yes, he the, does. Big, the one we were talking to you the other day about. Yes, which we still didn't figure out. Um, but he's been <laughs> he's been printing my prints for these frames that we got um, for this gallery. We thought we'd just do it all in house, one thing, get them all together, and it got me thinking. I'm like, well, I can do that, and I can I can get the mats, and I can get the frames, and I can get the backings, and yep. so yeah, I'm going to make a conscious effort this next twenty twenty two. Uh, year, I'm going to see if I can, you know, start printing out some more stuff and, yep. you know, really, really just complete that circle. So, you know, the person that you're buying the image of is the person who took it, who edited it, who framed it, who printed the whole thing. I think, yep. I think, it, I think it owes, you know, it has a bit more, um, a bit more, you know, credence. Yeah, I think so. It's it's more yeah. genuine, more genuine. I think as well. So. I think you're, I think you're right. No, and and yeah. I, I get a bit of a buzz out of, I take the photo, I print the photo. I stretch mm. the canvas I, or yeah. I frame it or whatever. I don't make the frames. I did that for a while in another life. I used to be yeah. a picture framer yeah. a long time ago. Um, and yeah, that, that's a tough gig. I wouldn't be, <laughs> you've got to be good at what you do to make frames. So there's, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I have the patience for that sort of stuff, but everything else for sure. Um, and we, as I say, we'll, we'll have a bit of a journey with you with this printer. It'll be good. And, and you know, you'll have Could be expensive. Oh, well, whatever, but you'll learn and yeah, hopefully yeah. we can pass some of those learnings on to our listening audience. Yeah, and probably the number one piece of advice I can give is um, calibrate your monitor. Yeah. First yeah. first of all, <laughs> calibrate your monitor yeah. so that you, when you're using uh, printing profiles, they're, they're going to be a lot closer. Yeah. And if, yeah. You, if you can, if you can, and I'm, I'm sure there's someone in Tassie that could do this for you, um, I would get some custom ICC profiles made for your for your printer. Yeah, well, um, I think um, that's something that uh, Simon at Full Gamut down here, who does a lot of my printing as well, he he's, he's right onto that. So I, I'm going to go speak yep. to him when yep. I when I get it all and have a chat to him about you yep. know, before I go start wasting ink and paper. Yeah, no, I highly recommend it because then yeah. it's a case of what you see on your monitor is what you're going to see on paper. Yeah, uh, exactly. You can even, then you can do, in Lightroom, you can do soft proofing. You can actually see yeah. how it's going to, I mean, it's it's very, very close. Yeah. But a good monitor, which you've got, and yeah. um, keeping that calibrated and then possibly custom ICC profiles down the track would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, well, stay tuned, folks. We'll, um, we'll get onto that. Um, also, I thought I'd just give another plug for the Westpac Rescue Chopper T-shirts and hoodies. Uh, yes. they're, they're flying out the door. Um, they're still on nice. sale. Uh, all the sale proceeds go to the um, rescue chopper in Tasmania, who sadly this week have been quite busy. Uh, we've had a couple of emergencies here. We've, we've had some people missing off the north coast in a boat, uh, which is still ongoing. And there was also a young boy who got bitten by a snake on the east coast, but he's okay. Uh, they got him out as well. So they do an amazing job, and they do it in all kinds of crappy weather and conditions. So... Uh, if you go to www.thehairytog.com.au, uh, uh, you'll be able to see them there. All the proceeds go to these guys. Um, I make nothing out of it. I think it's just about raising awareness. Um, yeah, so get onto that as well. It's, like I said, they've been going out the door last week, so I've already put one big order in. Uh, I suspect I suspect we'll be putting another one in as well. So thanks to those that have already purchased. Well done. Good. Yeah. Get on it. Yeah. Um, our uh, main topic we uh we, we we've called this episode want to go hiking mm-hmm. um and, and this is this is more cam's area because he's um the the dude that's been running these workshops and hiking uh particularly the overland track which we're going to mm-hmm. focus on a little bit tonight um cam is saying he gets a lot of questions around how 
do you hike with all that camera gear? Um, yeah. So we're going to talk a bit about uh, particularly uh, hiking in Tasmania with and, yeah. and taking photos. So um, where, where do you want to start with that, Cam? Well, this, like I said, this question has been asked a few times and we've got a, a couple of viewers that have also sent emails in asking about how, not necessarily the overland track, but how we go about organising ourselves for a hiking trip. You know, a lot of people are into hiking. It's a great way to get out and, and see your backyard, you know, whether or not you're in Tassie, Victoria, New South Wales, South Australia, WA, Queensland, there is tracks everywhere, even Northern Territory. Um, there's tracks everywhere you can go hiking for multiple days and, you know, get some amazing photos, get to see some landscapes that people don't normally see. But, yeah, we get a lot of questions, even the customers, like, in the lead-up to is like, how do I take all my camera gear? What gear should I take? What gear shouldn't I take? Um, how do I make it work? So um, what I thought we'd touch on tonight is go over a bit of an overview of what I would take for camera gear on any sort of hiking trip, whether it be Tassie or wherever else I've been hiking. And then, you know, there's a few little tips you can do and, you know, how to get away with extra weight and less weight um, and how to do it comfortably. So uh, I thought, like, I, I use my Olympus system for every time I go hiking, mainly because it's lighter, but it also gives me a, a pretty good range of lenses to choose from that are pretty light and easy to use. Um, if you're doing hiking... Most of the time, hiking is all landscape, sort of wide angle type of thing. You might have some mountains and some lakes and rivers, but um, most of the customers we have, I sort of advise that if you've got a 24 to 70 or a 24 to 105 or something with a sort of wide to mid tally sort of zoom length, uh, that's probably the ideal lens for most hiking kits. Um, so I would, I would imagine you'd have uh, a number of clients that have got a fair amount of gear. We so do. yeah. So you 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 advise them and say, okay, well, tell me yeah. what you've got. This yeah. is what I think you should take. Yeah. Given that, yeah. Usually, I find a lot of the customers lead that conversation with <laughs> the general email I have is I have a Canon uh, EOS five D Mark whatever it's up to. Uh, I have a twenty four seventy, a seventy to two hundred, a one hundred mil macro, and an eighteen to fifty wide. Can I bring all these on the overland track? And the first thing I would answer is no. Do not, no. you know, unless unless you want to put yourself through the ultimate pain of carrying all that, um, you you just don't need to. So I, I usually go back to the, the person and say, look, if you're only going to use that lens once, it's probably not worth bringing along. So, you know, the 24 to 70 is a pretty good range for the overland track. Most of the mountains are fairly close, so you don't have to really get really right into the landscapes. Um, and, you know, the macro lens comes in handy. Macro lenses are good because they double up as a portrait lens or mid-tally photo lens as well. But, yeah, most of the time people are asking what gear they, they have can I bring, and we have to sort of knock them down a few pegs to say, look, don't bring this, don't bring that. You'll only really need this. You know, if you if you definitely need to bring it, bring this lens only. Uh, and we work with them as well. And a lot of the questions, not only is it the camera equipment, it's like how do we keep things charged out there? What batteries do we need? Do you take solar power battery charges? Um, like the Overland Track's a six-day hike, um, and I find with my Olympus or my Fuji system, I can get through six days of shooting in about two batteries. So I can sort of get away with two batteries for the whole trip. Um, I always take an extra battery just in case, a third battery, but I don't generally take a charger with me. I don't take a, a solar charger or a battery charger, purely because it just takes up more room and weight. Yeah. Um, so a battery, you know, a battery is only you know so big, you know, three of those is almost the same size as a charger, really. So, yeah, um, get away with doing that. So, but yeah, it can be it can be a bit of a logistical nightmare for people, and I think there's also that that fear of missing out if I don't take that lens. And what about if a unicorn jumps off the cliff over the back there, and I don't have my <laughs> seventy to two hundred on there? Am I going to miss it? Um, yeah. 
and, and we get a lot of those questions as well. Um, and I generally try and say, look, you know, if that happens, you know, that's that's the moment that's missed. But you know, you might be carrying an extra you know, seven kilos of camera gear for one that's photo, right. and it's painful. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, do you also? I'm assuming your advice would always be for cameras that are weather sealed, or is that not um, really necessary? Yes and no. Um, again, it depends where you're. Do you encounter on. some pretty ordinary weather on that thing? We, we get some pretty gnarly weather on the overland track. Um, like I just had a group come back. I didn't walk it. It was a, another couple of guides that I have do it for me. Um, they came back. They had snow, rain, sleet for the first three days. But Amazing. most, yeah, it is. Most of the cameras these days are pretty well okay like most cameras can take a bit of a rain shower as long as you dry them off and um but we use a lot of people like ask how do i store the camera and keep it dry you know do you keep it in your backpack or do you just carry it in your hand what we do is we actually have those top loader the tlz uh low pro things that you actually clip on the front of your thing and you can actually just open it up pull it out take a shot put it back in zip it up but they also have a rain cover on them so we just keep them in there so you know if you're pulling your camera out in a bit of a rain storm or snow to take half a dozen shots, that's going to be okay. It's different if you leave it outside the tent in the pouring rain for the rest of the day. You know, you're going to have some issues there. But so we we try and advise people to get a, a little camera snoot case that has a, a weatherproof cover on the front, uh, or alternatively, you, you keep it in your bag in a dry bag. It just means you've got to take your backpack off, which could be 15 to 20 kilos each time to take it off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you have it on the front of you, a lot of people, some people have those. Is it Peak Design little clips that go yeah. on the thing? Yeah. We've had a few people there where they just keep their camera slotted in yeah, there. That works that, pretty well. That's called a capture clip. They're very they're yeah. actually quite effective. Um, and you, you sort of you've got the strap of your backpack and you yeah. little clip there, and it's all it's almost like a, a tripod mounting point, but it's here. And yeah, the camera just goes click onto it. It's, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're pretty useful, I would imagine. Um, however, though, if, if I was carrying a Canon five D Mark four. Yeah. And a 24 to 70, you know. <laughs> yeah, you'd be, you'd be I'd be constantly side. turning left. I'd be. Yeah. Well, it's, am- it's amazing as well that um, how many people get to the end of the trip that we do. And I, I don't know how many, I've done that trip over 20 times now. And I would say at least 60, 70% of the time, people get to the end of it are looking to upgrade the camera they brought with them to something yeah. lighter and something smaller. So whether or not yeah. it's a Fuji or Olympus or a Sony or yeah. the new mirrorless Canons and Nikons, they, they, they then realize the value of having something smaller with the same sort of quality. Um, the one thing I will say about those those clips that are there, uh, same with the snoot case, the one thing you do need to get used to is because you've got to look down at your feet a lot when you're walking on tracks because you've got rocks and roots and puddles and bits and pieces. You've really got to look ahead. You, don't, you sort of look like a meter or two and you're almost walking a bit blind because you've got this pack in front of you a snoot case in front of you or a camera on the side there. So you've got to get used to walking without sort of looking right at your feet. So you're almost preempting what you've already seen under your feet, uh, which takes people a few days to get used to as well. But uh, at least if it's in a packet or a, a snoot case, it's a bit more protected. The one on here, you know, you can get branches hitting things and, you know, whatever else happens. But, uh, but yeah, the biggest the biggest thing we have is, you know, what camera, what camera lenses do I need to bring? How many memory cards? How many batteries? Uh, another big one is tripod. Speaking about our family, yeah, I was, I was literally literally just going to bring that up as the next thing. Like, um, mm. you know, do you have people who want to take a tripod, and what, what, what do you recommend? Uh, so a lot, a lot of people do want to take a tripod because most days we will do sunrise and sunsets, even some astro. Uh, the beautiful thing about the overland track is every day we camp on platforms, so a little bit like behind you in your shot, like the little platform there mm-hmm. on the stairs. 
uh, we camp on them, but they're all situated in the most amazingly scenic places on the track. So every every campsite we get to is it's pole position for scenery. So um, most people, you know, you can literally sit your tripod outside your tent and sit in your tent and just take photos at your tent. Um, but people do want to bring tripods, and if we do astro, you obviously need a tripod. But I try and tell them to bring as lightweight as you can, even if they go buy one of those sort of cheaper plastic crappy ones that you might throw away at the end of it. If it's light, it'll do the job. Um, the other ones that work really well are the Gorilla Pods. Yes. Uh, they work pretty well um, if you're doing sort of that sort of late afternoon, early morning stuff. But, yeah, the tripod's one that gets packed away and gets used a lot. It does add a couple of kilos of weight, but... It is something that is, I think, critical to getting those nice, sharp images along the track when we stop. And I suppose it would be rare uh, when you're actually hiking that you're going to do a tripod image because that's right. It's during during the day, so most yep. of the stuff's going to be first light, last light, and you're already at campsite. Exactly, exactly right. Yeah. So most of the day, it's all handheld stuff. Uh, we generally just tell people to bump the eyes up, maybe to 400. If it's a nice sort of sort of overcast day, you know, you might bump it up a bit more. Uh, but a lot of it is sort of handheld. But, you know, we, we stop for lunch and we stop for breaks, you know, at some really nice spots. And the, the tripod's generally just strapped on the outside of your bag. So it can get set up really quickly. Um, but we find as a, as a general kit, people will bring their camera, a 24 to 70 uh, as a lens. They might bring another, depending on the system, they might bring another fixed focal, mid, you know, like 100 mil or 75 mil or 90 mil, something like that. They'll bring a couple of memory cards, one for spare, They'll bring two or three batteries. Uh, a lot of the cameras, like the Olympus I'm shooting on now, USB chargers. So you can actually bring like a little power bank that yep. you might charge your phone off. You can actually charge your camera off that as well. So there is quite a lot of options out there to keep your camera charged. Uh, and then really it's just a tripod along the way. Uh, things like circular polarizers, like we certainly say, make sure you bring them. Uh, we don't necessarily want people bringing the big packets of filters, uh, the big square filters, because they get broken real quick. And they take up a lot of room. They're in like those silly boxes that are quite hard to pack anywhere. Um, but usually the yeah, circular polarizer. nothing like have, taking a big square filter and breaking it in the first hour. Yeah. And then, and you've, then you've got broken glass for six days in your bag. In your bag, yeah. And it, it happens. Like the backpacks do get, they don't get thrown around as such, but you know, you put them down and you know, you put them down the wrong way, you might break something. And um, so the circular polarizer, if you do need to bring neutral densities, you can get those vari variable neutral densities. Yep. that can screw on the front um but most of the time that that's pretty much the kit people bring and that gets people you know all the shots they need uh throughout the trip the ones i've had some people who have adamantly said no i'm bringing everything uh i remember one customer a few years ago brought a big canon full frame the 24 <laughs> 70 the 70 to 200 they had close to eight kilo of camera gear and they, one of their knees went yep. most halfway through the second or third day just under the weight we had to split. Yeah. We had to split the weight up around the group. But um, so speaking yeah. of splitting things up around the group, do we do we lens share? Is it is that frowned upon yeah. or is it? Uh, no, okay it's not actually. Share? No, not at all. It's um, it's not frowned upon at all. A lot of people, the smarter people, will figure that out real quick. So most of the time, we get couples coming or mates might be coming. But you'll find in the lead up, we generally do like a Zoom call or we do a group email so everyone knows what's going on. And we get an idea and I purposely put it out there, you know, what what, what camera is everyone using? And as soon as I see a, a match, it's like, well, you guys could share a lens if you wanted to, or yeah. you could bring this or you could bring that. And, yeah. and people work it out. So they can take twice as much gear for half the weight. Um, and it has happened along the way where people have shared batteries. 
um, people are like, oh, well, I'd, I'd love to get that shot. I just don't have the lens. It's like, well, borrow mine for a second. Take the shot. Give it back. So that that's definitely not frowned upon. There must be um, some kind of currency, like you know, beers at the end. Oh, are you, all right, here's a seventy to two hundred. You got four shots, but that's that's a pint. Currency, currency on the track is chocolate. <laughs> of Cho- course cho- it is. Chocolate of is. Um, it is. I'll tell you a quick story about it. We had a couple uh, people on the group. One of these ones where we had this horror weather. We had blizzard, rain, minus seven or eight, snow overnight. And it was a father and his two daughters were doing the track with us. Uh, they were all sort of really enthusiastic photographers. And the young girl, she was about 17, just one of those people that's just, you know, you could just tell really smart, really quick-witted, great sense of humor. You know, yeah. just that cheek, that cheeky younger daughter or younger sister. And we went through this whole trip. And the whole time we were at camp, her older sister was, I'd catch her every now and then just going through her bag, like her sister's bag. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, no, no, nothing. I was just looking for a rope or I was looking for a beanie or, you know, I was looking for something. And we got to the last night and the last night we generally set up camp and any food that's left over, we just eat because the next morning you need literally a muesli bar to get out and that's it. So everyone just puts all their food in the front and this young girl pulls out like a dozen Snickers bars and she, <laughs> and she, she had them stuffed all through her bag and she'd been moving them around her bag every day somewhere different because she knew her sister was looking for these Snickers bars. So we get to the last night and we were sitting at one of the tables. We cheekily went into the hut when we shouldn't have. And we're sitting at a table and everyone's like, you know, leftover muesli bars and a few lollies and maybe a meal and a bit of fruit or something, dried fruit left over. She pulls out, you know, this wad of Snickers bars and everyone's like, what the hell? Where the hell have they been hiding? And um, she, was at, she was everyone's number one fan of her yeah. at the end of that. Um, she, she was the high roller. <clears throat> she was a high roller, but God knows where she kept moving them, but... Um, but that was a great trip. It was a really, really funny trip. But uh, yeah, so I, yeah, can, Ch- I can imagine these trips that you run, you would build some pretty good camaraderie by the, by the end of it, and there'd be a lot of people who'd be, become mates. 100%, yeah. Um, one of the trips I did, uh, we had a guy from America, Craig his name was. Uh, he moved. He came out here he'll, on He'll holidays. be listening. Hi, Craig. He might be listening. He, he, he might of be. Good Craig. Craig from Arizona. Um, he, uh, he came on the trip, and he left America when Donald Trump was running for president. And he, did, he said, if Donald Trump wins the election, I don't want to go back to America. <laughs> and I don't know if the timing was exact that, but I think it was either a couple of weeks before or a couple of weeks after Donald Trump had got in that he was on our trip. Um, anyway, he came along, absolute legend of a guy, um, really funny. He made this, we called it Craig's List. He ended up making this list of all <laughs> these. Every night at camp, he's writing things on his phone. And I thought he might have been writing about what mountain we'd seen or animals or wherever. And all he wanted to know is what he couldn't understand anything that we were saying. He was the only American on. The rest of us were Australian. He had no idea what we're talking about. And he's like, I'm just writing down these phrases so I can look them up when I get home to see what you guys have been talking about. (laughs) So we thought, well, let's let's educate the man on the track. So the first one he didn't understand was chucking a sickie. He goes, what's chuck? What's chucking a sickie mean? We explained, and we get to the end of the track. And by this, he's by this day, he's had five days of us Australians telling him everything. Didn't matter what level it was in the gutter. Didn't matter, and all he wanted to do at the end there's a big cafe at the end where people would usually just stock up on real food after six days of hiking food, and all he wanted to do was try one of our meat pies. He'd never had a meat pie, so we worded him up that this, there's a place called the Hungry Wombat. It's a very famous cafe down here on the on the main highway from Hobart to the west coast, and it's run by a, a lady and her husband, a really lovely couple, but real Australian, real Tasmanian. And he wanted to order this meat pie and have some tomato sauce on top. So we told him that he had to go in there and order a rat's coffin, 
with some dead horse on top, and, and, he, and he just didn't want he didn't want to do it. He goes, I can't say that. He goes, you, you set me up. We're like, no, we're not setting you up. Go to the counter, ask for a, a rat's coffin with some dead horse on top. So he sheepishly, sheepishly walks up and he, in his American accent, goes up and said, I'll, I'll have a rat's coffin with some dead horse on top. She goes, oh, meat pie with sauce coming up. And he turned around, he's like, he, he was like, it just absolute, absolutely blew his mind that he'd spoken in our lingo. But the kicker to that story was, we all, we all stay friends, and to this day, this is five, six years ago, we all still stay in touch. Uh, that, that group was a great group. We all still, I actually shot the only girl on that track. I, I photographed her wedding a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we all stayed really, really close. But the kicker to that story was Craig, when he got off the track and realized that Donald Trump had won, extended his trip by another three months. He just said, I'm not going home. And about two or three months later, <clears throat> we are talking to him and he was, he'd been to New Zealand and a few other places. And on the way back, he sent us a picture on his phone from you know, 40,000 feet above wherever he was. And it was a picture of him drinking a, a VB watching the castle on his flight <laughs> back home. And he, and he goes, I understand everything that you guys are saying now. And he goes, this movie is hilarious. So he thought it was great. But yeah. So if Craig, if you're listening, um, great trip. It was, it was good fun. But Craig, yeah, we do. The, the, definitely a subscriber. He might have been the yeah. 200th. He might have been, but yeah, you're right. We we do build some great friendships, and you know it, it's not easy. It's it can be it's physically hard, it's mentally hard. Um, but when you get to the end, like the amount of tears we've seen at the end of, of happiness that people have made it. Yeah, um, we've been recently doing uh, not so much photography trips, but we've been recently doing uh, women empowerment walks. So uh, Felicity, who's my other guide, uh, she's come up with the idea that you know let's do women's only trip. You know, it's a chance for women to get out and hike safely without any of the, the silly worries that they have about safety, which they shouldn't have in the first place. But um, I did all the bus driving for those trips and uh, there was lots of tears when they finished the end and lots of really, really amazing stories and you know, powerful stories as to why people are walking that track. So um, it's not all about photography. It's a definitely, it's a lifelong challenge for people and yeah. it's a bucket, bucket list item. Yes, no, so, I, I, it's, on, it's on my radar. It'll, it'll happen at some point. You gotta do it. Don't, don't know when, but we'll get there. And yep. it'll be great. So um, just finishing off on that, that topic there, um, in terms of the gear, it's generally speaking, you're, you're going to narrow them down to one or two lenses. Um, yep. And you're, you, would, you would recommend uh, that they, they travel as light as possible, but without yep. sacrificing too much. So it's, a, it's definitely a balancing act. Yeah, it is. And it's a balancing act. And it all, it all comes back to the person and how fit they are and how strong they are. Like some people get on that track and they can carry 20, 25 kilos, no worries. Um, I get over 16 kilos and I, I don't like it. So, you know, it's horses for courses. If, if someone's done a bit of hiking and done a bit of backpacking they can, and they can carry that gear, then yeah, you know, kudos to them if they want to take it all. But the general the general person we have there, I reckon, it's usually that one or two lenses, a few batteries, a tripod, minimize it down as much as you can um, and we'll teach you all the way along the way how to do the nice shots, where to be, when to be and they'll walk away with some amazing memories that will last forever. Very good. I like yeah. it. Um, I, I wasn't. Uh, you, you mentioned you, you. You said the S word before. You said Sony, so it, it triggered me a little bit just to uh, let everyone know that there is a new announcement coming from Sony in there two is. days. In there two days' time. Mm. Uh, well, I think it's no secret that it's the Sony A7 Mark IV is on its right. way. So uh, not that'll the iPhone. Be worth, Sony iPhone. No, well, I'll buy that. <laughs> Uh, no, it'd be, it'd be definitely uh, something coming along from Sony that'll be worth checking out, and part yeah. of the reason I didn't buy an SLR. 
Well, on, on that, Olympus has got an announcement in six days. Yeah. Oh, what uh, is going on? All these announcements, Cameron. There's announcements. So we might even we might do a, a, an episode once those two announcements have been made. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually very curious as to what Olympus have got up their sleeve. Mm, um, they I went, actually they don't, even have, don't even have an inkling. I, I don't know. If I was going to have an inkling, I, I have a feeling, and I don't know. I've, I've even tried to prod my Olympus contacts today, and I've got nothing. Thanks, Aaron. Um, I, I would go as far to say I think they might have squeezed some more megapixels into those sensors. So I reckon they, I reckon they might come out with 24 or 30 megapixel sensors, um, and they can't go any further with the image stabilizer. I think they've reached that limit. Otherwise, the Earth has to stop moving because otherwise it doesn't work. Um, so I reckon they might have come up with a different sensor. I'd be I'd be keen to dive deeper into their pixel shift technology, which yes. at the moment you can only really do tripod mounted because it's the amount of time it takes for the exposure. It'd be cool to see if they've come up with a way where you can handhold and do the pixel shift they effectively. Do. The, e, okay. the, the Mark III does handheld. Okay. Yeah, and does it very well. Um, doesn't work for sports and moving objects, so to speak, but for landscapes, um, I've tested it out handheld and tripod. Uh, the handheld is only 50 megapixel equivalent, yep. and the tripod is 80 megapixel, I think. So it's a slightly less resolution, yep. um, but it does work. So, but yeah, that's interesting because, you know, again, talking to this friend tonight about what she wants to buy, um, you know, a, a lot of Olympus um, innovation is now in a lot of other cameras. Like, they were the first ones with image stabilizer, weatherproofing, pixel shifting. There's a lot of things they've done the first of, which have been married up into other brands. So, yeah, it's always a bit of a scratch your head moment with Olympus. What have they come up with? Because they've always been pretty, pretty good. But oh, they're they're innovators. There's no yeah. question about that. They're innovators. So it will be interesting. Um, moving right along, we have a photography horror story. We do. We do. They seem. Uh, they seem to. I, I don't like to read these in advance. I like to read them live, <laughs> as it were. So um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this one. Um, I think we we might have been sent a deer cam as well, but we we'll, we'll need to carry that over the next week. I think so. Yeah. But we're going to um, do a photography horror story. This is from Jason Dargan. 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 Hello, Jason. Good Jason. A, a watcher, a listener. Just watching the episode on horror stories. Last week, I had my camera on a tripod, so I decided to use the two-second delay. Anyway, the light improved, and I took the camera off the tripod. Right at that minute, I saw some cracking silhouette shots with the sun. I was going apeshit with my camera. I was going apeshit why the camera was not taking the photo. I'd left it on two-second delay. Small horror story, but lesson learned. Jason, I, I do that, I reckon, every bloody time I go out and take photos. I'm forever... Yeah. It's like, you know, beep, beep. Oh, crap. That's right. Yep. Turn her off. Yep. Reset it. Go again. I was going to say the same thing. The amount of times I've uh, done that myself, I'm like, oh, cool. This How good's that light? And like, ten, I usually have mine on a 10-second exposure or 10-second yeah. countdown just so I really don't have any, any delays there or any, any shakes. And I've done it a few times as well. I'm like, really? Like, what, what's, what the hell's going yeah. on here? Take the bloody yeah. photo. And then, you know, the, the light shade's gone or something like that. I'm like, oh, shit. So yeah, uh, Jason, you are you're in good company because Brendan and I um, we oh, do that always. Well. Uh, it's it's always the user. It's all user error kills me. Yeah, and it's it's amazing. Like 
I, I like to consider myself a fairly experienced photographer, but uh, uh, every time something like that will trip me up or I'll, I'll my, my favorite is I'll go out, I'll take, you know, the first dozen shots of the day and then realize I'm on like, you know, 16,000 ISO or something. I, I did that <laughs> on the top of Mount Ossa, talking, uh, about, the, talking about the Overland Track. Mm. We were doing Astro the night before, uh, yeah. Pillion Hut, beautiful. We walked up Mount Ossa. We had absolute smashing conditions. It's a big walk up to Mount Ossa, like quads are cramping. You know, you're getting really weak in the legs. Got up the top, took a few photos. This is great. We were running a bit short on time to get to camp. Took a few photos. And I remember in the back of my head going, geez, the shutter speed's fast up here. I know it's bright, but geez, it's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> damn fast. Got down, got back home, put the photos. I'm like, it's grainy as hell. What what have yeah, I done yeah. here? I was shooting on thirty two hundred ISO from the <laughs> night before. There was a bit of an overexposure because the the light was so bright. I, I was just that exhausted from walking up there that um, I made that mistake. So yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, um, from Jason's horror story, everyone learns, and the learning you win or you learn. And yeah. what came from comes from that is when you get your camera out and you're out taking photos just have a quick glance across your settings folks yes yeah. save yourself a bit of heartache and uh you know having to use noise ninja or something like that so uh actually uh, now uh, now you've mentioned it that photo from Osser, i could probably noise i could probably add the noise thing on there yes i've never i've I never thought about that put you just send that to me and let me do the rest i've i've got some software really which I will i've got i've got the a episode I've got the AI software, whatever it is, the denoise Topaz. Topaz is very good. Have I, you got I, something I, better? I have something else. Um, right. And lo and behold, as I speak, <laughs> deer cam, cam on it. A, deer, a, a deer cam has just appeared. I know. This is. I, I looked at this as well. It's almost like, live. Wow. This is almost, it is almost live. It's almost live. Deer cam. I have a. This is from David O'Brien. Hello, David. G'day, David. Thanks for the deer cam. Hope, hope you're enjoying the shows. I, I, have don't I, a, I don't know if I can answer this one. Dear Cam. Well, it's, it's Dear Cam. It's not Dear Brendan. So I have a 24 to 105 millimeter lens. I was thinking a wide angle prime lens for landscapes. Can I substitute photo stitching for an ultra wide lens? Or should I spend the money on an iPhone 13 Pro instead? What a legend. <laughs> what a legend. Uh, Easy so answer. surely, surely that's called taking the piss. Thanks, that is, David. But... I like it. You know what? You know what that also represents. It means that someone's actually listening to our program, hey! not just skimming through. Yeah, so thank you, these, David, for for being the two hundred two hundred subscribers that actually listen to the show. Um, yeah. What, take, yeah. You, you, take you it away. Have your, you can have first crack. Okay. So I was thinking wide angle prime lens for landscape. Can I substitute photo stitching for ultra wide lens? I, I would always say, um, and uh, this is something I probably got taught. Years ago, probably camera house days when I was working with you. Well, whatever we used to call that when we used to go there. It wasn't, wasn't work. <laughs> work. Um, um, that the prime lenses are generally sharper lenses anyway. So, you know, if you do a fixed 21mm or an 18mm or, you know, 28mm or 35mm, whatever it is, they're generally sharper fixed focal lenses. So I would say that if you're looking to go a prime lens for your landscape, then yeah, definitely if you can do a prime lens, go for it whether or not you need to do photo stitching or not. But I think the benefit is if you have a prime lens that has you know, a high quality of sharpness to it, uh, less glass elements, all that kind of jazz, your photo stitching will still probably work quite well with that fixed focal length as well. So I would suggest that 
if you're purely doing landscapes, and I, I do this with the Olympus 12mm uh, F2, which is the 24mm equivalent, it's one of my favorite lenses. It's small, but it's super pin sharp because it's a fixed focal length. So I would say to David that if landscapes are you know, your, bed, your bread and butter, what you love doing, then having a, a fixed prime lens um, is not a problem. I, I would say, yes, go ahead and do it. It's always good to have one in your kit. Um, and if you do need to do some photo stitching or if it's not wide enough, you know, you might be able to stitch two or three shots together, but you'll be at least guaranteed that you've probably got a sharper version of that focal length as compared to a, a zoom lens. Yeah. How's that yeah. for off the top of the head? Good answer. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, I would... Uh, and and a... sorry, sec second to that. Yes. Don't go buy an iPhone 13 Pro instead. Yeah. Um, go Not spend just that for that reason. Go spend $2,000 on a really good lens. <laughs> um, what I would say, uh, for what it's worth is if you are, you'd be surprised at what you can get away with, even with 50 mil focal length. Um, yeah. So I've in the past shot a lot of stitched panoramas um, and some people will shoot three images, as you say, um, which can look great and depending on the focal length. What I like to do is any lens I've got, but I, preferably a 50 mil prime, I'll yeah. shoot 50 mil, I'll shoot vertically and I'll take seven photos. Right. Um, I just think that gives you a much better result. The issue with photo stitching is alignment. It always has been, particularly yeah. when you're shooting like the scenes behind us. Those waves rolling in, they don't stop. So, no. and if you're shooting a stitch pano and it's really, really difficult, you've got to be quick, like yeah. really quick. And yeah. then, you know, to get the alignment right. So uh, yeah. that's the only real issue. Um, you, I, I've seen, uh, and I've done it, cropped panoramic, images out of one shot from a yeah. ultra wide i mean that's great yeah. it works really yeah. well uh, and these days with modern resolutions that you get out of most cameras you know you can you can do it no worries at all without sacrificing a whole lot of image quality so yeah, yeah. um geez did we answer his question i don't know if we did but uh, well i think i think we did i think it's he, pros he wanted, and cons pros and cons it is i think i think what he will open up a world of uh for him is if he does go a prime lens for landscapes He'll, he'll have the best of both worlds. He'll be able to stitch if he wants to and get really good quality stitching, or he'll be able to get just great shots out of that prime lens to start with. So I, I would never uh, tell someone not to go buy a fixed prime lens for landscape or portrait or whatever, because generally they are the better lenses or the better sharpness in the lenses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say go for it. Um, and yeah, the 24, the 105 is lovely, but... Uh, I think if you're looking at a wide angle, you might go a little bit wider than 24. You might go like 21 or 18 or something like that. Uh, and like yeah. you said, with resolutions, you can you can take a bit out of that as a panorama as well. So yeah, if yeah. you're shooting full frame, David, you have a close look at the 16 to 35. That will that yeah. will rock your world for that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And then I'm the last that's word, a 24 sorry, to 105, 24 105. I'm assuming that's a Canon. I'd imagine it does sound it? very Canonish. Yes, um, <laughs> and there's a 16 to 35 available available for Canon. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the last word I would say is stitching panoramic images is laborious. There's a bit in it. You've you know. Yeah. So, again, lazy photographer over here. I'd I'd rather have the one shot and crop it rather than. Yeah. But there are times when I've didn't like it's just an amazing sunrise or it's a brilliant scene. Yeah, no, I'm shooting a panorama here. Yeah, I'm going to do yeah. that. As I say, we might even have a whole episode on um, on shooting panos. Um, well, there is, there, there is a bit involved with it, isn't there, in regards to where you start the pano, locking your exposure, locking your focus, and things like that. Like, there's a few things you've got to be cur cur cautious of. 
yep. when shooting Pararatos. And I think not everyone knows that. So yeah, it might be one that we can touch on in a different episode uh, yep. as to how we do that. Yep. Um, so we're running close to time here. So um, good episode, Cam. I enjoyed chatting. I particularly like the talk about the overlanding. You've you've wet the appetite yeah. there. Mate, if you, you you would you and I would have a bite. This is going to sound terrible to all the customers I've had, the, the tens of hundreds of people I've taken down this track. But one of the best trips I've ever had was January this gone this year, and it was with four mates from Melbourne, um, who uh, Scott, who runs the soccer shop in Richmond, used to run the soccer shop, does all my printing yes. for the merchandise. Uh, him and a couple of mates that I've known for years. We just went as a couple of mates, you know, four of us walking the track, and it was hot. It was nothing under 30 degrees the whole time we're out there. It was dangerously hot. But we had some of the funniest moments I've had in many, many years. So you and I walking on the track, I reckon we could get you on there as a guest guide, as a photographer. You can you can come along. I've got all the gear to get you. And that's the other thing that we didn't mention as well, that if people are keen to come and do the Overland track with me, I have all the gear that you need. You don't have to buy any new gear. All you need to have is the right clothing, the right boots, uh, and your camera. I can supply absolutely everything else, tents, backpacks, stoves, food, the whole lot. You just got to have a bit of fitness, and we'll, we'll, we'll work you out on the lead-up to that, how much fitness you need, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll get you on the track. But, Brendan, you're on there one day. I'm on the watch list. list. On the you're on the watch list. So, um, so uh, just quickly, coming up this week... Um, you you mentioned you had your I've wedding got, anniversary yesterday, and I did so, have my wedding anniversary. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations again. Yeah, we didn't we didn't do anything though. Well, I've got my anniversary coming up next week. So. Oh, how many how many how many years you been in jail? It's, I mean, how many years you been married for? It's a big one. Oh, it's that's twenty. It's the twenty. We're hitting the hitting the What's two that? So twenty is uh, wood. God knows. I don't know. Um, I would it's say it's got to be something uh, big. Yeah, it'll be like emerald or something like. No, I don't know. It'll be a it'll be a gemstone one. But the, no, tradition. it's not. It's not actually. What is it? It's China. Really? China. I'm going to take it to China. Or platinum. <laughs> China's probably cheaper. <laughs> I won't take it to platinum. I'll take it to no. China instead. I hope uh, so that's that's what's happening. I'm I'm going to try and uh, we're going to try and sneak away for a couple of days next week. That'll mm. be good. So um, yeah. Excellent. Looking forward to doing that. And that's exciting. Is it wrong to take the camera with a trip away with the missus? Look, I'll tell you what, do it, and then we'll have a horror story for next week. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's what's going with me. And um, I know, Cam, you down in Hobart Town had a little taste of a three-day lockdown. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, 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 got a, we got a taste of... What, uh, and I'm actually drinking a, a nice scotch and coke tonight in in recognition that people in Victoria, hopefully by the time this episode comes out, are some sort of free or freer than they are as of last week. Yes. Um, so good luck and well done to everyone who's put up with that. Um, can only, you know, hardly imagine what you've been through. We we oh. were lucky. We were lucky enough to have a three day three day lockdown because of uh, someone doing the wrong thing coming in from interstate. Um, so that was pretty poor. We didn't really have much of an issue with it. Three days, it's not too bad. But what it did do, it, it ruined my Uluru trip. So we were meant to be going to Uluru this weekend for a week and a half, two weeks. Uh, the Northern Territory's COVID policy is that if you've been in a hot zone in the last 14 days prior to getting there, you can't enter the state. Where Technically, we're in a hot zone for three days, even though we weren't anywhere near where it was. 
so that's on the back burner. That's going to be another trip for another time. So yeah, that's, that's, a, um, that's a bummer, man. Because I know you were looking forward to that. Yeah. But hey, look, it's Uluru's not going anywhere. You'll you'll get there. That's it's been there a long time, and it's probably going to be there a lot longer. So it has. Um, it has. Yeah, but uh, that's about it. I'm just uh, framing up some more prints, like I said, uh, for the gallery and the wilderness gallery, which is all happening up in Cradle Mountain. But yeah, apart from that, I've got a week and a half spare that I didn't have last time. So that's right. So I might I might try and get this printer going. You'll have some spare time. You might as well mm. even go and play golf. Golf. Yeah. Yeah. It's another story. Um, Thank I did you want for also, listening. Yeah, you go. Before mate, you yes. go, I did well, next week. Next week, I want yes. to talk. Um, we got a little bit of an email from someone about um, the YouTubers that we spoke about, our favourite YouTubers, and they they quite rightly pointed out that we didn't have any female favorite YouTubers. And I actually, I wasn't taken aback by that because I, I, I thought, yes, we, we spoke about nothing but men photographers and YouTubers, but I couldn't actually think of a female YouTuber that I actually watch. And I could come up with one, but I think we're going to dedicate an episode either next week or the week after to some of our more favorite landscape photography, female landscape photographers slash YouTubers because... Australia has got some incredible uh, landscape female photographers out there. So, um, but if you've got anyone's got a YouTube a female YouTuber that's a photography related YouTuber, I'd love to know because I, I honestly don't follow any. I think I follow the Snap Chick, Lee the Snap Chick is a lady in America who does a lot of reviews, um, but that's about it. So, I don't know. Right, we can well, touch I'm, on that I'm, next week. I'm going to take it upon myself to do a bit of research and, and, and mm. find out the same. So. You're yep, on. Absolutely. We will be talking about that in the next couple of weeks. Lots of cool stuff coming up. So hopefully yep. you've enjoyed the show. Uh, if you would like to hit that big subscribe button below, would be greatly appreciated. We would be greatly appreciative. That's not English. Yeah. Anyway. Nah. Yeah. We, we, we would say thank you very much if you did that for us. That would be awesome. We'd be, we, we'd be happy. We, that's right. Because now it's a race to 300, right? It's not a race, mate. Never was a race. Thanks, Scotty, from marketing. That's a race. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Enjoy your week, folks. Thanks for listening to the Down South Photo Show. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you, Brendan. And we shall talk to you next week. Cheers, guys. Uh, see you, guys.